No, I'm just kidding. How are you guys doing today? How awesome was that, huh? VBS week is so much fun at Catalyst. I think I'm the first minister at Catalyst to preach under an African tree. This is kind of cool, you know? Um, and the tree apparently makes the bass go crazy in this room. So um, very excited to be here today. Um, single moms, if there are any single moms in here, I want to let you know how much I appreciate you today more so than I ever have in my entire life. Uh, my wife took a weekend. I kicked her out of the house. I said, you know, I've been doing a lot of camping and a lot of church trips and mission trips and all this stuff, and you never get time to yourself. So I kicked her out of the house, and she did it for real. <laughs> I didn't think she would actually do it. Um, and, uh, so she took off for the weekend, and I've been a single dad, and my respect for you as single moms is straight through the roof. You guys have a hard job, and... Uh, Kudos to you guys. Um, but what a great Sunday to be here at Catalyst, am I right? I mean, VBS starts today, and there's a person in the back that loves that. Um, VBS starts today. We've got a big decision time that's coming up later in the service. Um, it's summertime. The sun's out. There's so many things we get to do right now. And uh, I just love this time of year. Um, and one of the cool things about the commitment time later on is that our church is taking a really strong uh, opportunity to say we're not just looking at this year, but we're looking ahead. And next year, our theme is adventure, and we're actually going to look forward towards that starting today. And you guys get to be a part of that. So it's really cool that you guys are here, that we get to be part of this and everything. Now, two weeks ago, Rob Harlemert started off this series by coming up here and setting up an Ebenezer. And we all put stones on this Ebenezer, and we said, we are family. We are going to be a part of this together. Last week, we talked about the fact that if we're going to be a strong family, a strong church, then we have to be unified in our efforts. And so today, we're going to talk about something a little different. This is the one week of the year where we get to see the entire church come together in unity, but doing one job. We see a bunch of people who, who are, are together, unified in their mission, but not only that, they're not just sitting down and just watching, they're getting involved. This is the one week of the year where we have more people serving than any other week of the year. That's called being productive. And those people who are being productive, we like to call them producers, because here at Catalyst, we don't believe that we should be a church of consumers. We believe that we should be a church of producers, and that's why this week's main thing is so fitting. Our main thing this week is a church of producers always accomplishes more than a church of consumers, because when we're all chipping in, it's amazing how much more we can accomplish. And on the opposite end, if we just consume what everybody else is doing for ourselves, we find that we become a lazy church that's slowly eroding down to nothing. Now, I believe there are two mindsets to this, and we're just going to jump right in here, but I believe there are two mindsets at play here um, that decide which side of the fence you're on. There's the productive mindset. Just, we're going to get it done, and we're going to work together, and none of us are going to sit back and rest on our laurels, but we're all going to dig in, and we're going to work and then there's the opposite of that, and I'm not going to call it the consumer mindset because I don't believe it's a consumer mindset. I'm going to call it the toxic mindset because it's the mi this mindset is deadly to the body and can cause almost permanent damage leading to death and the death of the church. 
So let's start off talking about that toxic mindset for a second. And the phrases that I hear closely associated with that mindset. The first phrase that I hear from people in the toxic mindset is, I'm not able to serve. And if I don't hear that one, I hear his, his evil cousins. I don't have time, I don't have skills, and I don't feel called to do that. Basically, this is a cop-out. This is an opportunity to, to just come up with something that sounds like you legitimately have a reason why you can't do something or a spiritual reason why you can't do something. And I'm just going to shoot straight with you folks. If you're not doing anything and you say those things, we're all on to you. <laughs> we all know what you're really saying. What you're saying is, I don't want to do it. There's a huge difference there. Yet that's the very thing we do. We know that Jesus called us all to do something in the church. And if you're not doing anything, if you're not doing anything, and when you're asked to try to serve, you come up with some kind of excuse, then you're working in opposition to the will of God. And it's simply an excuse. Now, before I go any further, let me explain what serving in the church means. Now, I'm not talking about ministry teams or, or being an usher or mowing the church lawn. Those are all things that you can serve in the church, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Um, I'm, I'm actually talking about uh, fulfilling the mission of the church. I'm talking Matthew 28, 19, and 20 kind of stuff. Uh, basically, it's the responsibility of every single church member to fulfill the Great Commission, to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey Christ's teachings. We do that so we're able to go here, near, and far in this world and live that out. That's serving the Bride of Christ, and that's what I mean when I say serving the church. Now, when we have come up with excuses as to why we can't do that, then it might be time to take some personal evaluation. That's why the consumer mindset is toxic. See, in, in 1 Peter 4.10 we read, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now notice, he didn't say some of you. He didn't say a few of you. Peter very specifically says each of you, meaning every one of us. We are served given the gifts that we have. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, we read, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. See, again, I see no room for excuses here. All of us were given gifts. And it's within that giftedness that God wants you involved in His ministry. The one phrase that drives me crazy, and it's sad that in the church that I hear this and it actually drives me crazy is, I'll pray about it and see what God's calling is in, on my life. I had somebody tell me this one time because I asked if they would fold bulletins. I can't believe there aren't more people laughing at that. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Folding bulletins? You're waiting for God to call you to fold bulletins. You ask God to call you to fold your laundry? Like, I mean, come on. Now listen, I'm, I'm not saying when somebody says that that's bad, okay? When I know people are serving and I know people are, are in their relationship with God and I, and I know who they are and they say that, I, I know they mean that. But there are some people that don't do anything. And when you go to them and you say, can you serve here? And their first thing is, well, I'm going to pray about it. Listen, 
I use I'm going to pray about it as my kind way of saying, heck no. And there are people laughing right now because I've used it on them. <laughs> okay? Dave has asked me to do things, and I'll just smile at him and go, I'll pray about it. We both know what that means. And the funny thing is, that's what people in the church do. That happens so often. We have people, we say, hey, I need you to serve, I need you to help. And the only thing we get back is I'll pray about it and see if God is calling me to do that. Now listen, <laughs> I'm, all for, I'm all for asking God's calling in everything in our lives, but I'm also for common sense. Because when the church needs you, your first reaction should be, what can I do? Not coming up with an excuse as to why not. The second of these toxic mindsets is someone else will do it. You probably heard this one before. You know, so many of us hear that there are opportunities to serve, and we just assume somebody else is going to take care of it, and honestly, we expect someone else to do it. But what happens when the entire church is full of people who think this way? Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christ didn't come to earth to simply be served. He didn't come to earth simply to be worshipped. He came as a model for how we are supposed to live. And that life was in service. What would happen if Christ came, had come to earth only to be served? There would have been no cross. There would have been no resurrection. And as a result, there would have been no hope for us. So what does a church look like? that as people who just expect everybody else to serve. There's little love, there's little grace, and there's little hope. Guys, this never ends well. When the expectation is for everybody else to do everything and you're just going to consume, that's like this toxin that gets into the body and spreads. And before too long, that becomes the mindset of so many to where you find so few who are doing anything and everybody else is just sitting pat and just bringing in all the fruit of their labor. Volunteers burn out. Ministers quit. Churches die. When this becomes the mindset of the church. Now, the third toxic mindset is the most dangerous. Uh, it's, it's the most dangerous because it's quite literally how well you end. It's the old mindset of, I've done my time. I've been in the church for long enough. I've done all the work. It's time for somebody else to do it. You know, so many older believers that I've met in my lifetime have allowed this mindset to permeate their golden years. They seem to think that getting older means you get out of jail-free card to Christianity. See, my dad told me a story when he was a teen. There was a baptism going on in his church. And the guy who was getting baptized got really excited, and the church was applauding, and the, the kid who was getting baptized got choked up and was crying and was just excited because he'd just given his life over to Christ. And just over my dad's shoulders, there were two older gentlemen, and he overheard their conversation. And he said, he's excited now, but that'll go away. He said, when he's our age, he'll be like the rest of us. How depressing is that? Yet how often does that happen? Where we get to a certain age and we think, well, now I'm done. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to be excited anymore. My dad told me how profound of a moment that was for him. He, uh, he never felt so depressed 
listening to two of the people in his church who were supposed to be torchbearers actually being extinguishers. See, Hebrews 6, 9 through 12 says, Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convicted of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Folks, there is no get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to your faith. Even having a mindset like that is dangerous. The most important thing that we can do as we grow older is to end well. As we grow older, our example grows larger. And when we see a generation of people who refuse to serve because they've done their time, we see a generation behind them that wants to do even less then generations behind them want to do even less. Then generations behind them want to do less. And we find a church closing its doors after only a few generations because this mindset is toxic and it can get in. These mindsets aren't consumer mindsets. They're toxic mindsets. They're full-blown toxic. Um, These things kill churches. They're like a slow-growing cancer that eventually can't be healed and destroys the church. So what's the opposite? What are the things we can do to change that? And quite honestly, if you're feeling depressed right now, stop. There's no reason to be depressed because Catalyst is not a church that has a toxic mindset. I don't believe that. There are so many servants in this church. But if we're not aware of the toxic mindset, then we can so easily slide right into it. So what is the opposite of that? I believe that's the productive mindset. And I think there are three productive mindsets that can bring a church to the place where Christ is first, where people long to serve, and new people want to jump on board with this place because they want to find out why we love Jesus so much. The first of these is, here is my time. So many of us think we're busy. Am I right? And I I emphasize the word think. Because it's the world we live in. We think that we don't have time to breathe. Usually, if we take an inventory of our time, uh, we find that we have hours upon hours of wasted time in the midst of our busy time. Netflix, video games, and social media seem to have gone from the wasted category into the busy category. They've become such social norms today that we see them as a normal way to use our time as opposed to a great way to waste your time. See, the productive mindset says the opposite of all that. The productive mindset says, I will make time. I can put aside the social media. I can put aside the Netflix. I can put aside the video games. Funny thing, I may have mentioned this before when I preached about a year or so ago. Did you know that women today now overwhelmingly play more video games than men? Did you know that? You don't think it's video games because it's on your phone. (laughs) But believe it or not, women today actually play more video games than men, and they call us immature. I'll tell you what. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. We, We read in Galatians 6, 9 through 10, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity... 
Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The productive mindset says, when opportunities arise, I will take them. A productive church like a... That's right, Mr. Growling Boy back there. A productive church like a family takes advantage of the opportunity to serve, and when there's time to do it, they serve. They don't just sit back and say, someone else will do it. They don't say, I've done my time, and they don't say, I don't have the ability They just serve because they make time. The second thing that the producer says is, here are my abilities. When Dave and I first started Catalyst, it was near impossible to find people to play in the worship band. Dave Dave will tell you this. Uh, We tried and tried to find talented folks who could step in and be a part of the worship team, but few actually did. And this made some weeks very interesting from the stage. Um, Some weeks were actually pretty rough, but as we grew we started to see some people's hearts begin to change. Greg Wollums, I'm sorry, Greg, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit right now, but Greg Wollums, he's one of our lead guitarists here at the church. Uh, He was one of those guys. See, Greg had been playing guitar for years, but he never let anyone know about it at the church, and I was very angry at him when I found out he could. Um, But that all changed when his son called him out. That all changed when his son Robbie called him out. Robbie told his dad, "I I want to see you play guitar at church. And so Greg tried out, funniest tryout I've ever had in my life. Guy was so nervous, he goes, I don't know if I can play. I can't, I can't play very well. It's like, all, it's like Eddie Van Halen in front of us, you know? And, and, and uh, for you teenagers, he's a really old guitar player. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those things where he's playing and we're, I'm just staring at his hands going, what do you mean you can't play? I can't even like do half of that. But he asked his dad to try out for the worship band. Greg did. And Greg has not been the same since he started playing with the worship team. And I personally have seen a change in Greg over the years. Uh, in him as a man and as a believer. And so much of that is due to the simple fact that he was willing to use his gifts. There are people in this crowd right now. You have gifts. And not just music. I'm talking in, in multiple areas. And you know you can do things, but you're holding back. And what you're doing is you're holding back blessing from yourself. You're holding back an opportunity for you to grow, for you to have the opportunity to serve God and his church. And so I'm begging you today, don't stand pat on those abilities because those abilities are so useful For Christ and his kingdom. See, 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The producer says, I have a gift. I'm going to use it. So what gift do you have that you can serve the church and serve the church mission with? Are you using it? Well, maybe today's the day that that needs to change. The last thing that a producer says is, Here am I. Send me. The greatest characteristic of a producer is willingness. Sometimes we just need to be willing to serve. Luke 10, 1 and 2 says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Guys, there's no lack of opportunity 
to serve Christ and his church. Just a lack of people willing to do the work. A church of producers will step up and grab those opportunities. They'll hold them by the horns and they'll go for the ride. Some of you today, you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, I get it, I get it. I'm telling you, nothing in this world changes you like serving in Christ's kingdom. Whether it's going on one of these mission trips next year, serving in the children's ministry, reaching to people in your community and telling them about Christ. When you are serving God and you're giving everything you have to do that, it's amazing how much that changes you. Listen, just this week, Daniel Farina, one of the folks leading our mission trip to Kenya next year, posted this on Facebook, and I hope you're okay with me sharing this because I'm going to. Um, It's okay. She actually shared it on Catalyst Life, so some of you may have already read this. But if you haven't, I want to read this because I thought this was, this this is exactly what we're talking about today. Tonight, after I finally got home, I realized that I'd left my phone in Nicholasville. Kicking myself, I begrudgingly began the drive back to retrieve it, praying that it didn't get stolen in the meantime. As I pulled into the first of two places I could have left it, a gas station, I was irritated, hungry, and anxious. And in parentheses, she says, if you know me, you know losing things is one of my biggest pet peeves, hence my anxiety. I noticed a beat-up Camry next to, next to me and smiled at the driver on my way into the building. I spoke to the clerk who said he hadn't seen my lost phone, and I quickly came back outside to resume my search, still kicking myself for even being in this predicament. As I hopped back in my truck, I noticed the lady in the Camry next to me was now crying. I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to ask if she was okay, but if I'm being totally honest, the only thing on my tired, anxious mind was finding my phone. So I ignored that leading and continued on my way to search the gym where I finally found my phone. This is where the story gets really interesting. It says, on my way back home, I got stopped at the stoplight in front of that same gas station. If you want to go, we don't have a band today. I was just going to call the band back up. There's no band. Don't come back up. Good way to ruin an illustration. Um, On my way back home, I got stopped at the stoplight in front of that same gas station, and I noticed the aforementioned Camry was still sitting there, so I pulled back into the parking lot, knowing this was no coincidence. I said a quick prayer and went over to ask the lady if she was okay. She told me her name and said she said she was having a rough day. She said that she didn't have enough gas to get home, and through tears... She stated how tired she was of always struggling in life and how hungry she was since she hadn't eaten all day because she knew that she was going to have to spend all her money on gas to get, work, to, get to work and home again. We chatted for a few minutes and I went inside to prepay for some gas for her. I, along with a very nice random gentleman, then proceeded to push her car to the gas pump. I filled up her tank and then asked if I could pray for her. About this time, the helpful gentleman's wife also approached the vehicle and asked if she could pray as well. We both prayed peace, blessings, joy, and provision over her. She said she had known Jesus since she was a little girl, but stopped talking to him when life got the best of me. We reminded her that God never leaves us, even when we turn away from him, and that she can come back to him whenever she's ready. Just like in the story of the prodigal son in Scripture, the other lady then offered to meet her at the grocery store across the street, explaining, God isn't done pouring out his blessings on you today. And in parentheses, she says, side note, this lady was not even at the gas station during our earlier conversation about being hungry. 
Through tears, we all hugged and went on our way, knowing that all of what just happened was perfectly orchestrated by our Creator. Hopefully, this story brings you encouragement today, my friends. Be interruptible. You never know just how much you could impact someone's life when you're willing to step outside yourself and help a fellow human being. This whole encounter took a whopping 30 minutes out of my day, but I guarantee you the impact of that 30 minutes stretches way further than what any of us know. How many of us see opportunities arise, but we think, I'm not able to help them. Someone else will do it or... I've done my time. We'll let somebody else do that. How many opportunities do we miss daily because our mindset is toxic and not productive? I want to lay out a challenge today. If you want to live out a fruitful life, because that's what this whole year is about at Catalyst, is being fruitful. If you want to live out a fruitful life, then live a productive life. Don't sit in these pews and expect everyone else to do the work of the church. Step up and do it yourself. Use your gifts. Share Christ in your workplace, the gym, at your kids' sporting events. When you see someone hurting like Danielle did, offer assistance. Go on one of these mission trips next year. Volunteer in children's ministry. Join the worship team. What do you have to offer? I believe it's more than you think. And I want to challenge you. Use your gifts Stop making excuses and let's start serving Christ with everything that we have because this is what takes our family to the next level as a church because a church of producers always accomplishes more than a church of consumers.